0: Matt Weirich alongside, as always, Blake Pace here at 10 o'clock at night. I guess it's nine your time, Blake. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we both had a pretty long day, Blake's got family in town. They've been <sighs> taking up just a tad bit of his time.
1: Yeah, just all of my time. that They're just breathing down my necks, but uh, love to see him. Love to see him. I just uh, <laughs> excited for them to, to get on their flight tomorrow night and give me some uh, peace of mind.
0: Yeah, we were just talking before the show, Blake, up until 1 a.m. last night, certainly uh, with the work schedule uh, leading into Monday morning, not what you want to be doing.
1: No, definitely not. And especially when, you know, you know, even, I mean, waking up at 6 is like normal, whatever, but like getting five hours of sleep and then having to go work from 7.30 until 5.30 and then spending more time with your family, it's just, it's a, a lovely way to start your week. <laughs>
0: Yes, and last (laughs) weekend was my girlfriend's birthday, Madison. Yes. Aww. Up up in D.C., celebrating. That was um, cute. But was kind of sick over the weekend, slash, celebrating. So, made for um, some rough mornings (laughs) for me. Um, Yeah. And then this morning, I had to wake up at 4 a.m. Uh, so that I could drive, get showered, drive to work in time to get there by 7.15. There you uh, go. With a cup of coffee and a couple of bagels. And I had work to do before people got in the office. So I actually have been grinding since yes. I got there at 7 <laughs> since 4. It has been a long day.
1: So we are both... On our wits end here, and it's only it on Monday, and it is only Monday. That's the best it's part. <laughs> only
0: Monday, and the World Series and NBA season kick off this week. Uh, so I wow. have to be fully attentive. So as immediately after this show, Blake, I think we can both safely say we'll be crashing. Um, yeah, just about right away. But we're gonna go ahead and, and jump in here. We've got a not too long of an episode today. Like we said, we are tired. We obviously. Uh, missed our second show last week, so we apologize to you all. It has been a crazy past uh, couple of days for both of us. Um, but we wanted to get in here on Tuesday, which is a day earlier than usual, because, of course, with you all listening here on Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, the NBA season and World Series kick off tonight. So we're going to go ahead and preview the World Series, talk about some matchups there, uh, and do some NBA preseason predictions. We'll talk playoff picture. We'll talk award winners all that good stuff but real quick Blake uh as we sit here with the Patriots currently leading the Jets <laughs> 24 to nothing uh they jumped out to an early lead poor Bennett our buddy uh, who took the Jets at plus yeah. 10 that does not look like it's going to be happening um this Patriots defense has been legit <laughs> uh Blake any any takeaways from this weekend in general uh from what you saw across the league
1: yeah, I, I think more and more we're just really starting to define out who the top four or five teams are in each in each conference, and it usually happens around this time. I mean, I feel confident saying probably past week seven of last year, we knew that the final four teams were going to be the Rams, the Saints, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. I don't think it's as defined this year. You know, NFC's got the, you know, the Saints, the Packers, the 49ers, uh, the Seahawks are in that mix as well, too. Um, and then, you know, in the AFC, um, you know, as long as the Chiefs can hang tight, they'll be around there. But of course, the Patriots, uh, the Texans and Colts have come on strong. There's the Bills as well, too. So it's not as, as clearly cut as it was last year, but we're, we're really starting to figure out who uh, the cream of the crop is and, you know, should be even further defined in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, and I think we're also really starting to see who the teams at the bottom are. Oh, yeah. Uh, the teams that uh, we can go ahead and safely uh, write off for this season. The Falcons obviously dealt a huge loss to the Rams, 37-10. to 10. That defense looks like possibly the worst uh, in the entire NFL. We had, of course, the Bengals going to 0-7, the Dolphins going to 0-6, um, but we already knew about them. Um, the Redskins covered the spread. Oddly enough, Blake, uh, yeah. this just really hurt me. This really hurt me. They covered the spread without scoring, uh, which ha- doesn't happen very often. Although it did no. actually happen in college football over the weekend as well. I don't
1: remember and, which game uh, it was. Yeah, the last time that had happened was the the Dolphins and the Steelers back in ooh two thousand eight. Was it? I saw. I read that earlier Something today. Like that. But yeah, the Steelers yeah. were like sixteen point favorites, and they won three to nothing.
0: Well, I had a parlay going four games all with the spread mm-hmm. uh, and the other three games covered, except for this one in which the 49ers won nine to nothing. so I was oh. away from uh, twelve plus twelve hundred odds uh, with that parlay I, w- I was pretty mm-hmm. hurt, not gonna lie
1: oh and um, I mean <laughs> even in our even in our betting pool for our, our poor friend Tom uh me, Matt, and Tom will text in you know occasionally our Sunday picks and just you know, Throw a couple bucks on it, whoever has the best week. Tom was able to tie... Because he picked the Cowboys over the Eagles with me, but the point total—I uh, mean, Tom was on pace for the Sunday Night Football point total after the first half to easily walk away with that. But then the second half, the scoring <laughs> stopped immediately, and I barely got in there uh, by the hair of my chinny chin chin and was and able you to guys walk were out really close too. It was like oh my god, fifty-one. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like it was your two point totals. Right? Yep, and I, and I think it ended up at like forty-three, something forty-six, something like that.
0: RIP, Tom. Sorry about it, man. Sorry. Yeah. Well, we'll have a a bit of a more comprehensive look at at next week's NFL uh, games in our Friday episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But given our energy levels, uh, (laughs) we are going to go ahead uh, and move forward and, and talk some Uh, Let's do some NBA first, Blake, uh, and then we'll we'll wrap up with with some World Series talk. All right. We're going to go ahead and run through our predictions. We've already had our Eastern and Western Conference preview episodes. You can go back and listen to those uh, from the past couple of weeks uh, when we picked uh, who the top eight teams would be in order uh, in each conference. So if you don't want uh, any spoilers and you want to go back and listen to that, pause this now, go back and listen to those because we're just going to go ahead and jump in. And Blake, we'll start. With, with the playoff predictions, then we'll do some award picks afterward. Uh, we'll go with yours. So, how about you, real mm-hmm. quick, just give us a, a quick run through of your one through eight uh, in, in the Eastern Conference?
1: All right, yeah. So, over in the Eastern Conference, um you know, the first matchup, we've got my number one seed, Bucks, against the number eight seed, Magic. And uh, this one to me was kind of a no brainer. I've got the Bucks taking care of the Magic, probably to me, in what would go four or five games to the max. Uh, the Bucks. I-, I feel like in the Eastern Conference, um, some of these playoff series can get a little more interesting, but I, I feel like, at least in-, in what I think, the Bucks and 76ers have some pretty strong teams over the rest of the group as of now. We talked about that in the Eastern Conference picture as well, too. So i got the Bucks advancing uh, onto the second round. My 2-7 matchup between the 76ers and the Nets. Uh, Katie will not be playing, even if they roll around the postseason, so I am going to take the 76ers. Uh, the defense... Um, that this team is that this Philadelphia is going to be able to throw out will will really uh, throw fits for Kyrie Irving, who I know we don't want to take preseason basketball, but his shooting percentage numbers uh, have been pretty rough at times. Uh, so um, I, I think that the 76ers take that one pretty easily as well. And we'll have to wait till next year to see uh, what the team really looks like with KD, uh, Kyrie, and DeAndre Jordan. But 76ers moving on to the second round. Uh, my 3 6 matchup. I've got the Toronto Raptors taking down the, uh, Indiana Pacers Raptors are my three seed. Um, how about Pascal Siakam, man, getting that huge extension extension. Um, it, it really seems like he's in the transition phase of becoming the face of that franchise. Um, great start to, you know, his career and, and last year was unbelievable. Um, you know, losing losing Kawhi, Danny Green, those are big losses. I still think that um, what we saw out of Toronto with some of the younger guys coming up, I feel like they're they're gonna they're gonna do just fine. And then my five four matchup is the only one that I don't have in, have going chalk in the first round. I've got my five seeded Miami Heat taking down my four seeded Boston Celtics. Uh, Miami, I've slowly just been becoming more um, confident in as as we've approached the season. Uh, I like some of their young pieces, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. Sneaky guy out there if you're looking for a guy that, I, I don't know, I don't think you can bet on first-team all-rookie, but that would be interesting, but he'll certainly be on there in my opinion. Uh, could be a good play if the odds are right for rookie of the year. I mean, he's got crazy odds. Yeah. Um, you know, currently, I, I've got it right here. He would be at plus 4,000. Uh, so... Certainly uh, interesting odds there as well, too. So um, I, I probably wouldn't... And well,
0: Zion's, Zion might miss the first it, two months. Well, so yeah,
1: that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly interesting. And then, um, you know, to shake up if, if he can't stay on the court throughout the season. But uh, anyways, I got the Heat, Jimmy Butler, uh, Eric Spolstra uh, taking down the Celtics and moving on to the second round. Um, and then I guess we move to... I'll just move through these ones a little bit quicker. So my second round, I've got the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, my one seed taking... Uh, down the five-seeded Miami Heat. Uh, and I've got the 76ers taking down the Raptors as well, too, uh, putting us for a chalk Eastern Conference Finals between the Bucks and the 76ers. I think they're the two best teams out there um, in the Eastern Conference, uh, like I said before going down through these. And um, to me, at the end of the day, I just don't th- – I-, I think what we're going to see out of Giannis this year is just uh, an unguardable menace. And, and for Philly, even though a great defensive team, um, I think the star – so the stardom of Giannis will be too much to overcome for for the Philadelphia 76ers, um, Of course, still not sure what what their perimeter shooting is going to look like in Philadelphia, but I've got the Bucks uh, advancing to the finals, which would be a, a really cool um, scene. As, as you know, we've got Giannis, this up and coming face, um, you know MVP, and and now hopefully uh, gets his chance to get um, get to the NBA Finals. So yeah, I've got the Bucks making it for the Eastern Conference.
0: Nice, nice. We'll go ahead and just move right over to the west for you. And I know you had the the shocker pick of the Rockets uh, up at number one.
1: Yep. Rockets, my number one seed. I think they care the most out of any team in this league about regular season wins. So I think we're going to put a lot of effort in uh, between now and April. I've got them taking down uh, the eight seeded Mavs, probably in a four game sweep. Um, you know, we both had the, the Mavs as our eight seed, just barely squeaking into the postseason. Uh, to me, the Rockets are just the far more talented team, more experienced team. So I've got them advancing. Uh, my two seven matchup between the Clippers and the Trailblazers, Clippers, my two seed. I've got them taking down Portland, and what I'd say is probably another four game sweep, maybe five games in there. But um, you know the the Clippers, man, uh, just just I, I'm so excited to watch them play this year when they're fully on, the, you know, fully healthy, fully on the court. Uh, what we're gonna see on both ends because we know Paul George and Kawhi are great offensive guys too, but also. You know, two of the best defensive uh, forwards in the league, Pat Beverly, Montrez Harrell. Going to be really exciting stuff for the Clippers. So I got them moving on. Uh, I've got a 6 3 upset here. Um, the Warriors taking down the Utah Jazz. I-, I was really high in the Jazz, and I think we both were. I think they were your number one seed. Um, and so, oh, yeah. uh, to me, this one just came a pick out of out of experience and by that point you're assuming clay thompson is returning for the warriors so um i, I think steve kerr will out coach uh quinn snyder and um and i just think that uh you know the jazz have a really talented roster but i think at the end of the day i think the the warriors experience i think the year that we're going to see out of steph healthy clay back uh big year for draymond green and d'angelo russell there as well too so i got the warriors moving on as a six seed and then my four or five matchup I've got the Los Angeles Lakers uh, taking down the five-seeded Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, LeBron, AD, I, I guess it's more of just an experience thing, too, over the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets were a terrific team last season, um, you know, um, and, and they've got some really young players, uh, really young, talented players in this league as well, too, but I'm going to take LeBron and AD over, over the Nuggets starting five and got them moving on as well, too, so... Uh, that leaves me with the final four, uh, Western Conference teams of the Lakers, the Rockets, the Clippers, and the Warriors. Um, and Absolutely so, loaded. Yeah, what a what a what a <laughs> great few matchups there too. So that's great. And so uh, what I've got going on is I got the Lakers uh, taking down the Houston Rockets. Like I said, I think the Rockets will put a lot of effort into winning a lot of regular season games this year. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of you know potential awards that could be won there on that team. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the Lakers. They're gonna take. They're gonna take it easy. They're gonna deal. You know, settle for a four seed to make it into the postseason healthy. And then we're just gonna see LeBron and AD go off. Um, this has potential to be the best guy that LeBron has ever played with. It's gonna be up there around with the likes of Dwayne Wade when you know they were having their best years together. And um, so I got the Lakers taking down the Rockets. And then the other side, I've got the Clippers taking down the Warriors. Um, I expect it. You know. A fun series there too as uh as well but at the end of the day um you know Kawhi will end the warrior season again too stout on uh defensively to take them um to really uh allow the warriors any chance in there i feel like that has a chance to go maybe six but uh, i'm gonna take the clippers over there and then we've got the la western conference finals and how fun will that be seven games in staples center uh, just switching <laughs> switching the logos i'm just excited to see you know i just uh oh we got a really travel game there's
0: like a leftover imprint from the other logo oh like my god you put the clippers logos down you can still kind of see the outline of the lakers That'd yeah
1: how perfect would that be i would love to see that <laughs> and um and weirdly enough i just I, I don't know man i i've got the lakers taking down the clippers um And it kind of goes against everything I feel about how this NBA season is going to turn out. I think the Clippers are going to be absolutely dominant. And I do have concerns about the Lakers' depth on this team. But I think uh, by the end of the day, the start the the duo of LeBron and AD, um, I'm going to take over Kawhi and Paul George at least for this year. You know, if you ask me for two years down the road where maybe LeBron is a little bit older, uh, maybe I'll I'll take those two. But I'm going to take the Lakers, making it to the finals.
0: Hey, man, I, I, I don't don't have that pick, I will yeah, say. But, yeah, yeah, You know, I mean, if, if things break right uh, for these two teams, there's no doubt uh, in my mind that they're the favorites. Mm-hmm. You know, you just really need, uh, you know, their plans to work. Uh, and, you know, these are NBA front offices that have put them together, you know, say what you will about Rob Polinka. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, these are four stars that are among the best fifteen players in the NBA. Uh, you know, the, the you could argue that the Lakers have two of the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, I don't hate the pick. Certainly, right. it just really depends on if AD and LeBron can, can carry them as far as they can go. Yeah, really. So you got you got the finals now. You've got Lakers. You've got Bucks. Yeah. Uh, LeBron, the former uh, face of the NBA, Giannis, the potential uh, soon to be next uh, face of the NBA. Who do you got in this series, Blake?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, man, the I think the talent that's around LeBron is gonna be too much for the Bucks. I like what the Bucs did reloading and getting some guys for their bench. They're definitely the more deep team, but uh I don't think they have that second punch yet that is like Anthony Davis. And so if uh if you're Giannis you can only guard one of those guys at the same time, and so uh, I'm gonna take the Lakers, taking down the Bucks, and I'll give it about seven or sorry, six games uh, for the Lakers to win that one.
0: Lakers over Bucks, yeah, That'll be a hell of a series for sure. Oh yeah, poor Giannis, it's just such. I know,
1: I know, but
0: post-season. yeah,
1: he'll he'll get there. He's got his time. LeBron, you know, that's the thing. LeBron has been through so many of those as well, too. I mean, you talk about his finals record and how he started off there. Uh, Giannis, yeah. is gonna, Giannis is going to Giannis is going to get his, but um, unfortunately for now, the guy that is the the that currently still, in my opinion, the face of the franchise, uh, the face of the league, and I think uh, you know um how many more years uh, you know is up for grabs but um i think this year they finally get it done lebron wins a championship with a third team and and anthony davis gets his first there as well too so fun fun postseason
0: good for you ad yeah yeah exactly (laughs) all right right, let's hear yours matt yeah, oh what? yeah, yeah. Sorry. So going over, now you're good. To uh, to my picks here, I'm going to start in the East as well. Um, we are pretty similar in the standings uh, on the Eastern Conference. I'm pretty sure we only had one team swapped, um, but I'll go ahead and run through. I've got the the Bucks beating the Heat. Uh, in that first round, 1 over 8. Uh, no question about that. Then the the Celtics beating the Raptors, uh, 2 seed beating the 7 seed. Uh, Celtics, you know, star power, just too much for me. Uh, you know, in order for to pick an upset, you know, in a 7 seed over the 2 seed, you've, you've got to have a couple of stars uh, on that Raptors team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, Siakam, you know, we, we've really liked what we've seen out of him, and, and certainly there are a lot of good pieces there in Toronto, enough to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, but, you know, just not enough for me to to warrant picking them over the Celtics at this point I definitely believe that uh, you know without the distractions that Kyrie Irving brought uh, last season the Celtics will be a better team in 2019 Uh, then I've got the the three seed 76ers beating the Pacers Uh, I fully expect that the Sixers you know I I think that they're you know going to have some some health issues uh, that seems to be a running theme uh, that's at some point one of their stars gets hurt and they kind of have to you know uh, work without them and that's why i don't necessarily have them being a top two seed but i think if they stay healthy by the time we get to the playoffs they're there's as much of a threat uh, as anybody else in the easter conference to go all the way so i'm taking them uh, over the pacers there and and then the four or five seed it's a fun matchup magic nets um, you know, a lot of intrigue there. Uh, the Nets certainly feel like they're an, an up and coming team, one that uh, probably won't be at full strength until next year, you know, considering that they won't have KD. Um, but, you know, they'd like to be able to prove that they could win a series without him. Uh, they will not do that. Uh, I picked the Magic uh, beating the Nets. Uh, I just think the Magic overwhelmingly are are going to be a big prediction for me this year Uh, as far as defensive uh, rating goes. I think the Magic are going to be a top three defensive team in the NBA this next year. Um, I'm I'm a big believer in what we saw out of them the second half. They really improved uh, on that end of the floor, and I think that's going to carry over into this season. So um, Magic riding that that really tough defense uh, will win. So I've got all four of the top seeds winning uh, in that first round, but I do have a pair of upsets. I've got the Magic beating the Bucks uh, in that next round. I know that's a wild take, um, hmm. but you know we, we haven't seen Giannis uh, and the Bucks go deep in the playoffs hey. uh, yet. Um, and I think that the Magic are really going to be a, an impressive team next year. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in what they've got going on, so I'm taking Orlando uh, in the, the biggest upset of the playoffs, yeah. four over one seed uh, in that second round. Uh, and then I've got the 76ers also beating the Celtics, uh, three over two seed, um, which is setting up a three versus four Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals. A lot of fun. Um, you know, the Celtics uh, ultimately uh, another disappointing year. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, they're, they're going to need to confront uh, some internal uh, question marks uh, if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals at the very least this year. Um, you know, with the 76ers kind of being, uh, along with the Bucks, you know, their, their main competition. And I think that the 76ers just have the higher ceiling. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends if they can all be healthy and, and all put it all together. Uh, I think that, you know, at the end of the year, if they are, you know, pumping on all cylinders, that they're going to be a better team than Celtics. So I'm taking... 76ers versus Magic Eastern Conference Finals, and I'm going Philly uh, to go to the NBA Finals. um, You know, their their first time uh, in God, I don't even know how long it's been uh, since the last time the 76ers were in the finals. But this is the culmination. Mm -hmm. Uh, of their process of, of the years and years of, of suffering uh, they finally get the team uh, into the the finals after you know several years of of being good but not good enough to to really break through I think this is going to be the season for Philly they get all the way uh, to that championship series now over in the west I did pick, like you mentioned, the Jazz as my number one seed. They'll be playing the Mavs uh, in that first round, and I don't think they're going to have too much trouble. As much as I do love what the Mavericks are doing uh, in that that – Super fun duo uh, of Luca uh, and Porzingis, uh, the, the duo you will not speak of. Um, I'm, yeah, who? I'm super excited for their future, um, but I don't know if this is going to be necessarily their year. So uh, the Jazz, who look like the most complete team uh, in the West uh, as far as depth goes, as far as uh, the, the system that they'll be running. Uh, and how balanced it's going to be, uh, certainly it would be a wild pick to, to choose the Mavericks over them. So I'm going with the Jazz uh, moving past the first round. Also have the Clippers uh, beating the Warriors 2-seed over 7-seed. Uh, the Clippers, of course, uh, you know, you had Kawhi ending uh, the Warriors' season just a little bit later in the playoffs. Uh, I think they do so in the first round. Uh, they'll be getting Clay Thompson back, and that's certainly going to be a boost for them. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I don't think that Draymond Green is a, a third star uh, mm-hmm. at this point. And, and with where the Warriors will be, with I think Steph is going to go off and have a fantastic year, and Clay you know, will be able to shoot, hopefully, you know, at his level, but he's not going to be full Clay Thompson. Uh, It's just I can't pick the Warriors to beat the Clippers uh, after the offseason that they had. Now the Rockets uh, at the number three seed facing off against the Trail Blazers who made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals last year. Uh, I'm going with the Rockets. Uh, I really think that it's going to work. What's going to be you know, going on between uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, I'm a big believer in that. Um, and they're going to find a way uh, with Mike D'Antoni pulling the strings um, You know, to, to make one of the most prolific scoring offenses we've ever seen, uh, even if they are chucking up you know, an absurd number of shots per game. Uh, the Blazers had a really respected run last year and they fall all the way down to the sixth seed this year and, and now losing the first round certainly uh, a step backward from where they were a year ago but I, I think the Rockets are just kind of in that next leap above them finally I had the Lakers at the number four seed uh, facing off with the Nuggets at number five I'm also going to be picking the Lakers uh, to move past the first round I just can't pick LeBron to lose in the first round especially if his co-star is Anthony Davis I mean you know at this point in his career he just kind of wills his team past the first round with ease Um, and even though the Nuggets are a very good team and uh, I certainly like the core that they have uh, there's just no way uh, that I'm going to possibly put my name on the Lakers losing in the first round. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that means I also have chalk, uh, in the Western conference, one, two, three, and four moving on. Um, now moving on to the, to the second round, I've got the jazz against the Lakers one versus four, and I'm picking the jazz
1: hey. uh, to,
0: to upset. Now, I guess, They'd be the one seed, but it really would be an upset. Oh, it I would, yeah. The Lakers, you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about how they're, they're going to kind of have their foot off the gas pedal a little bit during the regular season so that they can be at full strength come the playoffs. Um, but I, I do really like what the roster that the Jazz have. Uh, like I said, I do think it's one of the most balanced and deep uh, in the entire league. And so, uh, you know, I I just don't, I'm not sure about the Lakers' depth, man. I think that they, you know, even if AD and LeBron are healthy through the end of the year, which is obviously the, the biggest priority, you know, they lose one or two other guys to injury and they look bad and they're already right up against the cap right now so it's not like they can go out and make any big kind of moves Uh, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to swallow those kind of holes uh, in a playoff series against a team like the Jazz so I'm picking Utah to move on Uh, then the Clippers and Rockets Uh, I'm going to take the Clippers here as well Um, you know With the the team that they assembled, it's definitely deeper uh, than what the Lakers have. uh, And and, you know, Kawhi obviously is is going to be having to watch. You know, his health as well. He's he's not going to necessarily play. Every game, uh, all seasons, so probably same with Paul George. Um, but I, I just like that the the core that the Clippers have uh, around their two stars, uh, and think that you know with with where the Rockets are, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And honestly, I could go either way in this series. Um, but I just feel like after we saw Kawhi this past year and how he just really took over, uh, you know, I have a hard time picking against him, uh, especially with a team like the Rockets that's just had so much trouble uh, really getting all the way through the. Play. Playoffs and, and having statement wins. Uh, obviously, Chris Paul is no longer on that team, but it's not like Russell Westbrook really has any kind of those wins either. Um, you know, we, we saw him uh, try to be the man uh, for Oklahoma City, and they just really weren't. You know, that kind of team uh, as far as a, a legitimate threat to go all the way. He he kind of had that that second star, and certainly James Harden is that, but. With, with James Harden's lack of, of, you know, experience getting to this point, uh, I'm just not going to be able to pick him. So my, my fi- Western Conference Finals, Jazz versus Clippers, I'm going to go with L.A., um, over the Jazz, uh, I, I'm you know, it, it's just really hard to pick against them after the offseason that they had. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, this, this team that they have assembled, they already had a great young core. And, you know, they obviously had to give up a few young pieces in order to, you know, put this team together. But they still have uh, a lot of players that you feel really comfortable with betting on uh, to take a step forward this year. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Clippers to face uh, the 76ers uh, in the NBA Finals. And ultimately, I am going to pick L.A. Uh, as my NBA champion. I'm going to go seven games. I say it does take uh, them all the way. Uh, the Sixers put up a, a really good fight, but ultimately Kawhi Leonard goes back-to-back, uh, his third NBA franchise. While wow, both of us picking a player to win their third title, um yes on uh, a 13 different teams yeah that's pretty wild um you actually have two because uh Danny Green is
1: that uh, oh wow uh, look at that (laughs) that's amazing
0: on on the Lakers so um yeah I think that overall this is it's it's just Kawhi's world right now and you know where there's a lot of talk is he the best player on the planet right now and Um, You know, I'm not picking him as my MVP, uh, you know, winner, uh, spoiler alert, but (laughs) I do think that, that come playoff time, he just showed an ability to turn it on that, you know, I, I just really hadn't looked at him as that kind of player before. Right. Uh, and it really changed my perception of him, and I have a hard time picking against him. So, Clippers over Sixers uh, in seven games for the NBA Finals. That is my official prediction.
1: There it is. And, like you said, not even just uh, players winning the first uh, title or third title with three teams. But uh, Paul George also getting his first championship, uh, along with yes. AD getting his first. So a lot of connections there in go. there. And uh, so we there both goes. have it. We both have a team coming out of Staples Center. And just taking a look, I mean, you know, it both, both of our predictions ride right along with some of the teams that we were higher on. You know, I almost had the heat taking down the Bucks. I I feel really strong about the heat. And I know you had the magic take down the bucks and those were kind of the two teams that we were flipped on. Uh, you had them as a, you had the heat as an eight seed. I had the magic as an eight seed. And, and, um, so we're, we're pretty high on, uh, on both of those teams in the directions that they're in. And then, um, yeah, uh, you know, I feel like the, the our predictions are, are pretty solid. It really just depends on on what these guys, I mean, there's so much, <laughs> I mean, there's so much time between now and the postseason that things are, are bound to change and go through different areas, but um, I, I really think that both of these matchups, these both these final matchups would be great, and I mean, for you with, with the Clippers and 76ers, I mean, what a defensive battle that'll be. I mean, God, points will be hard to get in that one.
0: Look, I I talked about this in the last episode, so I won't go uh, too deep into it again. But, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you could honestly convince me uh, that that five or six of these teams could win uh, the finals this year. And I I wouldn't argue with you too hard. I mean, you know, I'm picking the Clippers uh, as as my pick, and I'll roll with that, um, you know, throughout the year. But ultimately... Uh, you know, I would not be surprised if any of these other teams uh, were to break through, whether it be uh, the Lakers or the Jazz uh, or the Rockets even or, or, or the Bucks or the Celtics. I mean, there's just so many teams that conceivably could make it to the finals. And once you get that far, you know, anything can happen.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you.
0: All right. Well, that's a, a wrap on our playoff picks we do have uh, some real quick uh, award predictions blake how about you run through we're just going to talk mvp rookie of the year coach of the year so let's start with mvp blake who is your pick for 2019 2020
1: yeah, I mean, this one's contingent on him hopefully playing a majority of the season, but I'm actually going to go with Anthony Davis uh, with the wow. Lakers. Um, yeah, we've talked, we've seen everything that we've seen from LeBron James coming out is talking about how he is going to be taking the back seat and letting Anthony Davis be the number one guy. And uh, if you've got playmaking LeBron, if you've got point guard LeBron uh, just feeding Anthony Davis, I think that this is also a, a huge year for him to prove himself. I mean, you think about what he wasn't able to accomplish uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans, and then you know sat for that final season, you know uh, on his way out um, to get to the Lakers. I think that there's going to be a big chip on his shoulder to go out there and perform at a very high level, and I think he executes enough to uh to win the MVP award.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean with the the amount of effort he was putting in last season, um, he basically had an off year, so he's yeah. uh you know really um you know coming into this season uh gearing up for a full uh four season my only thing is is how much do we see of him how many days right. off uh do they give him throughout the year that would be my only drawback uh when it comes to ad but certainly he has the talent to do it uh hasn't done it yet in his career but you know playing alongside lebron uh, that's going to set up uh you know plenty of opportunities for assists and rebounds, um, you know, in ways that, you know, maybe the the Pelicans teams he was on years past uh, did not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my MVP pick um, staying over in the Western Conference uh, is a guy who's already done it twice, and that's Steph Curry. Uh, I I believe that, you know, with with Clay down for most of the year and, and KD no longer on this team, Curry is going to have to step up in a way that we haven't seen him do in several years, you know, just simply because he hasn't had to. Uh, You know, the Warriors really adapted their offense uh, to Kevin Durant when he came to town. Uh, And and Curry, you know, not necessarily that he had to take a back seat. He was still the the leader of that team and uh, had some fantastic seasons, don't get me wrong. But, you know, the offense didn't necessarily need to center around him. and didn't need to center around a particular player. It was able to kind of be more of a system. Uh, But now the the Warriors are going to lean on Curry more than ever. uh, And he's going to become a much high-volume scorer. Uh, You know, really that focal point of the offense in, in a way that we kind of saw with Russell Westbrook uh, once Kevin Durant left town. So, uh, you know, I think that he's really due for a big year and you know you don't necessarily it doesn't really matter in the NBA uh, how many wins your team has as long as you make the playoffs when it comes to winning uh, MVP Uh, we've seen Mm -hmm. it several times you know it's not necessarily a lock if uh, your team is is in the top three teams in the league that you're going to win MVP if you're the best player on that team but uh, you know so I I have the Warriors as finishing as my seventh seed and I think that's more than enough uh, for Curry to nab MVP
1: yeah that was going to be my second pick there before I, I went with Anthony davis so i'm glad that we at least uh didn't make the same picks there but i i i think the year that we're going to see from steph is going to be something special definitely
0: absolutely Now i do think that we have the same pick here rookie of the yeah. Year. Pick, can it be anybody else
1: i mean it, it, uh, unless williams zion can't stay healthy i mean he's, he, yeah that's he's, really the only thing six to eight weeks six to eight is, is weeks already right now right yeah. um
0: but you you think that like you know i, I know uh, <sighs> uh what's his name um Oh, God, I just had it in my head a second ago. Jam. 76ers center. Oh, um, uh, Joel? <laughs> Joel Embiid, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, of course, my, my Eastern Conference Finals team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Embiid, uh, you know, I think he only played, what was it, like 27 games or something like that his rookie mm. year, and he didn't end up winning it. Um, but there was this very strong case that was made uh, for him to to have won uh, Rookie of the Year that season, um, even though he, you know... Missed so much time with injury. Let's see. Yeah, uh, it was thirty-one games wow. uh, that year, uh, and he, you know, did not win uh, rookie of the year. Uh, don't have in front of me who he lost to. Uh, I believe it was the guy on the Nuggets at the time. I don't know, um, but anyway, you know, I, I think that you don't necessarily need to play the full season, but you need to play w- well enough uh, where there's a, a significant divide between you uh, and the rest of, of the league uh, in terms of. Um, how, uh, how well you performed uh rj barrett would have to be a guy who you know who really stepped up if he had a good year mm-hmm. uh maybe not an otherworldly year but just played right. the whole season that could be huge for him he's certainly going to have yeah. the opportunities to do it in that nicks rotation mm-hmm. uh, get plenty of minutes there so uh, that would be maybe the guy that i'd pick right uh you know uh, john ja morant too he's, he's going to have a lot of time i mean obviously we're looking at the top three picks here in the draft mm-hmm. um i do want to give a, a quick little shout out to <laughs> <Rui Hachimura. laughs> I knew that. Uh, the wizards wizards top pick, um, he, he's projected to be the starter uh, on this team whether that's at small forward or power forward we're not really sure yet uh, Troy Brown Jr. Is, is already hurt to start the year so he might have to play uh, a little bit smaller at the three uh, but he absolutely tore it up uh, in in summer league and played for Japan uh, in the FIBA uh, World Cup. Uh, ultimately, did have to sit out the, the last few games uh, with a leg injury, but is healthy now. And uh, the, the Wizards brass seems to be really excited about him. So you know the fan base is, is cautiously optimistic. But he's the greatest player to ever come out of Japan. So if that doesn't bode well, I don't know what, what does.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and it's certainly that that would be a fun one. And then also just to touch back on RJ real quick, what we saw in. On- Preseason from him, uh, not not a ton to be excited about with the Knicks, but what we saw out of RJ in the four games. I know it's preseason, but you know sixteen points a game, uh, almost seven rebounds, three and a half assists, shot forty six percent from the field, thirty three percent from three. The other thing that I think is really big to po- uh, to point out is. He's also getting just right around uh, thirty-seven and a half minutes per game in the preseason. If the Knicks are are committed to throwing him out there for that much in there, he's going to have a ton of opportunities to put up some good numbers. And so, uh, the Knicks won't be good this year, but RJ Barrett might be a a sleepy pick in there if, if you're looking for a guy outside of Zion.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, like we said, Zion is the pick. Right. There is no if if he's healthy, neither of us are even thinking about it. It's all Zion uh no doubt about it and finally coach of the year yeah uh, blake i'm i'm trying to guess here are you going you going
1: heat i'm i'm not i'm going with another team that's a little bit more that that i had a little bit higher up in the eastern conference and it's tough to to go through and and pick through coach of the year i guess the way i took it is what team do i expect to be much better uh than i think the rest of the realm kind of uh you know the the Mm the talking heads expect and I'm actually going to go with Nick Nurse uh from Toronto um i've you know i've got the raptors finishing as a a, (laughs) as a three seed i've got them as my three seed in the east and after losing Kawhi, danny green if they're able to stay afloat that high uh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go nick nurse um the two other guys i was considering uh were spolstra because i do have them at a five seed and then um and then doc rivers was the other guy with the clippers just because i think the numbers that they are going to put out um in in terms of defensive productivity are just going to be Ungodly, so I'm gonna go with Nurse just because um, he's a guy that I, I just have his team over exceeding expectations. But I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Spolstra or or Rivers take it.
0: Big Spolstra fan over here. Yeah. Uh, even if I do have the the Heat uh, finishing eighth, I think he, he got kind of written off. You know, when LeBron yeah. won the finals with him, you know, he was kind of a, a talking head more than he was a, a great coach. And then when the Magic or sorry, the Heat stayed relevant uh, even after. Uh, LeBron left, that's when everyone kind of realized, okay, Spolster might have something. It's like the opposite of Ty Lue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. After LeBron left, they were like, okay, you, you're you terrible. <laughs> you you were just a puppet for LeBron. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. All right, so, Where you so
0: I went the same the same route, uh, you know, looking at a team that I'm higher on than maybe the rest of the league is, so obviously I have to go with my magic, uh, who yeah. I am. You know, making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. That doesn't even matter, because I have them uh, finishing fourth in the East. Steve Clifford uh, my guy, uh, who can you tell me, Blake, who the head coach was before Steve Clifford uh, of the Orlando Magic?
1: It was Frank Vogel.
0: It was, in fact, Frank Vogel. Nice. People forget that. Yeah, uh, that was a because, weird year or uh, two, right? It, it was. It really was. And the thing is, is, you know, a lot of people have talked about the success that he had uh, with the Pacers. Uh, when, when Paul George w- was a bit younger and, you know, they, they made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, you know, a lot of people have been pointing to that now that he's leading the Lakers uh, as, as a testament to his success. But he really wasn't able to do anything with the magic. Uh, and, and ever since Clifford took over, uh, it's really been uh, a complete turnaround. They have a new identity. Uh, and defense has, like I said, become a, a big thing. We're seeing, uh, you know, Jonathan Isaac uh, taking a big step forward. Markel Fultz is shooting basketball, yeah. uh, which just makes me excited excited. excited um you know so i i'm I'm excited for this magic team i think that uh, it's definitely got a low floor um but a high ceiling as well Mm -hmm. uh, as high as the fourth seed uh, in the eastern conference so i'm going with steve clifford uh taking coach of the year
1: yeah i think it's the same concept we have you know our team that's over you know exceeding expectations uh, the coach usually does get awarded in that in that scenario as opposed to you know individual awards unless it's a superstar talent but uh but, yeah, I, I feel very comfortable. If, if the Magic are a four seed, you got to give it to them. And I think if the Raptors are a three seed, Nick Nurse has to be in the consideration there, too. So, it's, it, you know, all of this is contingent upon what we have as our standings and playoffs uh, pictures. So I, I feel pretty good about it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's a that's a wrap. Our NBA on, talk. On there our we go. NBA preview. Uh, so that was fun. Don't don't forget if you did miss it, you can go back and listen to our Eastern and Western Conference predictions, where we go a little bit more in depth uh, to all the rosters. This was a little bit more of just a uh, quick run through uh, of the teams and our predictions. So only took us about forty minutes to do. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe a little bit longer than I thought uh, it might take, but you know, here we are, and uh, I feel pretty good about our picks. So. Uh, job well done, Blake. We're going to go ahead now uh, and talk about the World Series uh, between the Houston yeah. Astros and the Washington Nationals. Uh, what a the weird. The most anticipated playoff series of my lifetime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by me. Uh, yeah. Because the Nats are in the, the World Series. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we're entering a a series where it seems on paper pretty lopsided. Uh, The Astros are the most highly favored team since the 2007 Red Sox. They're they're favored at minus 235 uh, odds by by Caesars uh, Sportsbook. Uh, which is uh just a hair under what the Red Sox were favored and they mm-hmm. went on to sweep the Colorado Rockies uh, 4-0 to break the curse that year and that's Can... of course right after that they came back against which team? Uh the New York Yankees David Ortiz back to back walk off so what a series man. Um uh, anyway Ooh. real quick uh, though speaking, speaking of the Yankees, <laughs> uh, I feel like we have to we have to just say something, you know, toot the taps, uh it's it's funeral time. For for the for the new york yankees
1: oh i i mean i don't know what do you have to
0: say blake what are your thoughts man i gotta hear it
1: i just i i i don't like bullpen days in the postseason i'll start off there um, i think putting out chad greed in that situation early on was was a was a was a poor decision um i think that uh john carlos stan has been Yet again, a massive disappointment since we've traded for him. Um, would love to see stellar production. I would love to see any production with him out there. Um, I think Aaron Boone made some questionable choices. I know he he benched Edwin and Carnacion for Stanton in in uh, game five. Try to remember what game that was. Game five. game five, game five. Um, yeah, it just—it's upsetting, you know. It's you know the first decade now that the Yankees won't appear in the World Series uh, since the 1910s or before the 1910s, I think it was maybe. Um, so that's unfortunate. Listen, it, it was—it um, it was a very exciting year. I loved this Yankees team. Uh, some of the players that, unfortunately, I—it I, I, wouldn't be realistic to expect everybody to come back from this New York team. Um, you know, guys like Urshela maybe do due for bigger paydays. Of course, the Yankees also have Andujar coming back. So what are they going to do there? Uh, a fun guy like Cameron Maben really had a great season with New York as well, too. And if Santon is coming back and maybe if Gardner comes back on a on a deal as well, too, he exploded. So does he want a bigger contract? I mean, he was unbelievable this year. Uh, his power hitting was all the way up. And, and you know, uh, it's
0: everybody's though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, too. And then, uh, you know, a farewell to CC Sabathia. I, I would have loved to have gotten that World Series championship. For, for him and Gardner, uh, those two guys, um, you know, they stuck through it all, and unfortunately they weren't able to get it there. But uh, we will be back. Future is bright. A lot of young guys on there to be excited about for New York.
0: We will see what, um, you know, I want to say that of all the teams to not make the World Series, uh, I would say the team that impressed me the most uh, this postseason is the Rays uh even though uh they only won the wild card game um you know and didn't get past the, the ALDS uh they were you know very impressive against the Astros they go down to nothing it's really hard to go back and win those next two games obviously they were both at home um but just you know being on the brink of elimination uh for back-to-back games and, and winning both of those uh a really impressive feat and honestly you know there's a lot of luck can happen between now and opening day next year, and certainly I expect both the Rays and the Yankees, as well as the Red Sox, uh, you know, to, to make several moves this offseason. Uh, I think that the Rays uh, would be, a you know, a decent shot at uh, winning the division next year. Uh, I think that they can take the step forward. I really like Kevin Cash. Of course, you know, the, the bullpenning thing, like you mentioned, is a little bit frustrating, and that would be a team where we would see lots of bullpenning. Um, but at the same time, we now have, uh, which which some people are trying to call the Kevin Cash rule going into effect next year, uh, where you can't, uh, you have to have a three-batter minimum for your relievers, uh, three-batter minimum, or they close out the inning, one of the two. Hmm. Um so, uh, you know, certainly the, the, the loogie, uh, you know, the left-handed specialist might uh, go out of uh, style. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how teams adapt. Managers like Kevin Cash, uh, like Aaron Boone, uh, who really utilize their bullpen, make a lot of pitching changes. Uh, I'm interested to see kind of where they go uh, from here. But, you know, that's a team to watch out for, man. I, I think the Rays are a legitimate threat I like that uh, in the AL East next year. So moving on, though, to the World Series um, like I mentioned, uh, the Nats are certainly underdogs uh, in this series, Blake. Uh, just, just what's your, what are your general thoughts here? You know about these two teams. Do you think that the the Astros are the landslide favorites? Do you think the Nats stand a chance?
1: Um, landslide favorites, I wouldn't say so. I mean, obviously. Uh, I do think that they are the superior team. The only thing that I think really hurts the Nats, and I people talk about it, and and I'm not sure how real it is. And we're about to find out. But the Nats, man, they were on such a roll. And then just a week of not playing baseball. Um, you know, the, the Astros just yep. finished up their series on Saturday night. And so they, are, they're a little bit more fresh heading in. They've played more recently. And so while there's the, the rest factor that is great for the Nats, I mean, your pitchers are ready to go and ready to go game after game. And Houston, of course, still has their few days in there, but they're not as well rested. But there's the counter, uh, point of that where it's, how much does the rest in getting away from the game slow down that momentum? Um, and so we're going to find out, um, you know, if the, the Nats come out and look a little bit rusty, that's going to be, um, you know, a telling sign to start things off. But they've been a team that can flip the switch quick and get red hot if they uh, can. So that's another way to it. If they can get things going in game one and, and really, sh- uh, you know, get rid of that ring rust, they, they should be able to, to put up a pretty good fight with uh, with the Astros.
0: Yeah, you know, the numbers uh, support your theory. Uh, It's either one in eight or one in seven uh, in their past. However, uh, games, when teams have five plus days of rest, uh, that's what they do in the World Series. Um, So, certainly, history not in the Nats' favor uh, in that regard. Now, the thing that, you know, is interesting about this team, it is the oldest team in baseball. um, And, you know, this roster. Maybe it benefits from having some days right. off. I mean, these are some older guys, old bones, uh, that could really benefit from a couple of days off so they're a bit more fresh. Uh, there was a quote. Brian Dozier was asked, you know, what are you telling uh, the younger guys on the team uh, to help them stay loose? And he said, what, all two of them? Hmm. Uh, because literally <laughs> it's just Juan Soto and Victor Robles, the two kids on that team. And, and everybody else, you know, aside from maybe a reliever or two, is, is a veteran. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, the, the pitching is the backbone of this Nationals team. And, you know, the, I think it was huge that Washington was able to reset its rotation and, and set it up the way it wants. So uh, we have some insane pitching matchups. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I tweeted cool. out earlier that this is the, the highest combined yeah, thing war between two uh, opponents uh, in the World Series since the 2003 World Series uh, when the Marlins beat the Yankees. Uh, gosh, we are we are just talking about lots crazy. of crazy misery, yeah, uh, in, in this podcast today. But um, you know that the fact that you know th- these are the two rotations we have. Uh, game one: Max Scherzer versus Garrett Cole. Uh, you know, I, I got to give the edge uh, to the Astros in, in that uh, matchup. You know, as good as Max Scherzer's been, uh, Cole has, has certainly been you know the guy for them. Uh, game two. Steven Strasburg versus Justin Verlander. It's a shame that we don't get Scherzer versus Verlander. I would have really liked to see that. Uh, the two former teammates face off, um, you know, back when, you know, they pitched in a World Series together, um, you know, for the Tigers, uh, way back when, and, and now to, to be facing off against each other, uh, when neither of them won it, uh, you know, obviously Verlander mm-hmm. has since won uh, with the Astros uh, two years ago, but you know, neither of them won it back then, and, and now you know, going head to head against each other to get it now, I, I think that would have been fun. But ultimately, we get Strasburg versus Verlander, and you know, I think uh, you know, I got to give the edge to Strasburg there. Uh, you know, he's been you know, outside of Cole, he's been the best pitcher. Uh, in the postseason right. this year, uh, been you know he's really cementing his legacy as a as a premier starting pitcher uh, in the postseason. A career one point one zero ERA uh, in the playoffs, absolutely incredible uh, what he's been able to do. So if he can keep rolling, you know I think that you know Verlander has had some problems with home runs both in the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, this year. So, uh, you know, the Nats are among one of the Homer happy teams, uh, in the national league. So I think the Nats could, could scrape a few runs across and in, in Strasburg, you know, can work with a three run league or something like that. So, um, uh, you know, I'm going to give the edge to the Nats there. That would mean they go back, uh, to DC tied one, one, which would be huge to go back for three games. Um, and also, of course, you know I'm i okay with the Nats losing one game because I have ticket to I have a ticket <laughs> yeah uh, to Game Five. Um, and if, if the Nats were to uh, have been swept or to sweep, then I won't be able to go to a game. Now, right. of course, I'd probably take a sweep. Oh yeah, um, you know just to, to get the title. But at the same time, I do really want to go to that game. So hopefully, uh, Sunday Game Five uh, that happens. But Game Three, uh, you know Zach Greinke has been announced as a starter there. The Nats have not yet to say who they're going to be pitching uh, when Davy Martinez was asked whether or not that's because Patrick Corbin might be used as a reliever in one of the first two mm. games, he said, "We sh- we shall see." Ah, uh, there you go, uh, which <laughs> definitely means yes, to yes. Me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm actually okay with that. Uh, you know, Patrick Corbin, you know, all year has been the Nats' third best pitcher. There's no doubt about it. He's paid like it. Uh, and at the start of this postseason, I would have wanted him to be my, my number three starter. But you know, to be honest, he hasn't been lights out uh, in the postseason. He did give up four runs and uh, in game four uh, of the NLCS against the Cardinals, of course, it didn't end up coming back to bite him, and he actually got the win in that game. Um, but, you know, he, he had gave up that terrible. I was at this game uh, in the NLDS game three uh, when he gave up six runs in relief. You know, that's really skewed his postseason ERA for sure. But, uh, you know, he just really hasn't been, uh, you know, lights out Patrick Corbin yet. Um, and, you know, being a lefty, uh, the, the right handed bats in that lineup kind of scare me uh, for the Houston. So I'm okay with you know them using him in, in relief and then pitching him in Game Four because that would mean Anibal Sanchez pitches Game Three mm-hmm. uh, and of course the if, if it, the series does go seven games that would mean Sanchez would also be pitching Game Seven and I just honestly at this point you know with how good Sanchez has performed how well Sanchez has performed uh, in the postseason you know that near no hitter uh, in the NLDS uh, or sorry NLCS um, you know I'm very comfortable with him making that Game Three start and you know if the Nats. Need him to uh, pitch a game seven as well uh, with Corbin kind of being that go-to guy out of the bullpen because the Nats only have you know one really solid left-hander uh, in the bullpen. That's Sean Doolittle. Uh, outside of that, they have Rowanis Elias, who you know they acquired from the Mariners this season at the trade deadline, and he has reverse splits. You know he might be left-handed, but uh, you know he actually has performed better against righties. Now David Martinez has said he is their lefty situational guy, uh, which just scares me as to hmm. why he's ignoring the splits. Um, but you know what, if that's what he's going to do, that's what he's going to do. We'll just have to see what happens. But Davey Martinez has been pulling all of the right strings all postseason. Uh, you know, I, I've been really impressed with what he's been doing. I did not expect to see that out of him at all. Uh, and it's just been, you know, uh, he's he just flipped the switch, man. Uh, and you know, he managed all year. Uh, as if his, his job was on the line, as if that season was on the line, because it kind of was. Uh, and I think that really prepared him for, you know, having to pitch in the, to manage in the postseason, you know, when to roll the dice, um, dice roll Davy has been a nickname tossed <laughs> around for him. Uh, I like kind of like it. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. Uh, I hope it catches on a little bit more, but we'll see. Um, so you know, I think that while the Astros are favored, and certainly you know we can we can talk about that lineup top to bottom, it is way better uh, than the Nats. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and that bullpen, you know, I think that the Astros bullpen all season wasn't necessarily great, but has really been a force in the playoffs. I did not see uh, them being able to bullpen a game entering the the, the postseason, but here we are uh, with them having won uh, and having held the Yankees lineup to two runs through eight innings uh with that uh, you know method uh, just pretty crazy yeah uh, the fact that they were able to do that really didn't see that coming so uh while I do think that the Astros have the advantage in the bullpen they have the advantage in the lineup uh I just think that the Nats pitchers go head to head with them uh and it's really just going to kind of come down to these starters and who can control the series control the narrative uh so I, I know it, it's an outlandish pick um, but I'm I'm actually going to go with with the Nats in five. Um, oh, partially oh, because five. I'm 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 going to be there for Game Five. And I'm <laughs> gonna <them> do it. <laughs> but uh, you know I do think that the Nats, uh, you know, outside of that Cole Scherzer matchup, which could still go the Nationals' way, uh, I just think the Nats have the pitching advantage uh, in all four of those games because oh, you we know, wow. talked about Granky versus yeah. uh, Anibal Sanchez in Game Three. Uh, I'm you know with Granke has been terrible in postseason so far. Uh, really has not pitched up to uh, his potential. He of did alright against around. the Yankees. He had one quality start uh, in Game Three, yeah. I believe, or no, Game One. Uh, did allow um, three runs over six innings, uh, but wasn't able to get through five innings in his next start. Um, you know, I, I just we we haven't seen him pitching at his best, what we know Zach Granke can do. Uh, And meanwhile, we have been seeing Anibal Sanchez do it. So if Sanchez starts that game, I like Sanchez uh, as far as a pitching uh, matchup goes. And then, of course, game four, you you'd get Patrick Corbin uh, versus, um, you know, the bullpen uh, of of Houston, and there's no doubt in my mind that that Corbin could you know, outlast uh, the Astros bullpen. I think the Nats with offense would be able to wear them down. They're a pesky offense. You know, they, they rack up a lot of singles. They draw a lot of walks. um, And, you know, that's, that's going to force the, you know, AJ Hinch to make some tough decisions, uh, especially uh, being at home uh, in DC where he's going to have to play without a DH. Uh, and have to actually, you know, if, if his uh, relievers come up in the lineup, you know, what is he going to do? Uh, is he going to pinch hit? Is he going to have his relievers hit? That's going to be an important factor that he's going to have to consider, and that's not something he's used to doing. Um, so I think that, you know, he's going to be out of his element there. I, I like the Nats in that game, and then it comes down to, once again, Scherzer versus Cole. Uh, and You know, if you you've t- give me two games of Scherzer versus Cole, I feel like, you know, one wins one, one wins the other. Uh, so I, I think at the end of the day the the Nats have the pitching, you know, in their favor, uh, and I'm going Nats in five and I feel pretty good about it.
1: Wow. All right. Well, I, I hate to just, uh, you know, let, <laughs> let, afraid, let, you, yeah. let you wax. Well, you <laughs> wax so poetic poetically about how it's going to go and I'm just going to be um, I guess a little bit more short and sweet. I I am gonna take the Houston Astros, um, and I, I am gonna take them in five, so I think you'll be able to be there to watch it happen. <laughs> Sick. I, well at the, least they'll see it. You yeah, yeah, you'll be able to you'll be able to be there one way or the other. Um you know, the the Houston offense, I, I just think the way they've they've picked up their, their momentum and it wasn't great all the time against New York, but um I mean Altuve has been on a tear, of course, you think about his walk off to, to clinch a series and how much that makes me want to cry inside, but um, I don't know. I, I just I, I think that the the Astros are the superior team. I think that they're. Um, I, I think that the you know I guess it really depends. To me, the direction is really how the Nats show up in Game One. Um, you know, if they look uh, like a little rusty, and I feel like that will go just a whole way in and how the momentum carries for one of those teams is that first game. Um, but I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Astros, and I'm gonna take them in five. So Matt, you can be there to. Uh, to watch it happen in as cruel Thanks, of a way man. as in, <laughs> a cruel of a way as possible for me to pick it. It's pretty mean to go out there and do that, but uh, but I am going to have the Astros winning in five.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I've I have Had my share of, of ups and downs uh, as far as po- attending postseason games go. Um, I've, I've seen, I've watched Jason Worth have the game four uh, iconic walk off that up until this postseason was the most iconic game uh, in Nationals history. Uh, A game for NLDS walk-off, unfortunately. Um, But uh, I saw that. Then, of course, uh, I saw a couple of games uh, in their Dodgers series uh, that they lost. Um, Didn't didn't get to see any of the Giants series or the Cubs series. uh, And then got to go to the game... Um, uh, where Corbin came in relief and gave up six runs, so that was ugly mm. uh, in the NLDS, didn't get to see an NLCS game, uh so this will be my, my return uh hopefully uh you know to see it happen. But right. and, unfortunately and, you're putting me through the ringer here, please. And
1: listen, I'm gonna be completely <laughs> honest, um is as much, as much, as much, as much as I hate DC fans, I would love to see them win this uh, you know, for for you only. The rest of my Thanks, Nats man. friends, I do not like, like if you are one of my other Nats friends and, and you've made it this far in the episode, if you listen to the show at all, I do not <laughs> want them to win because of you. It is simply because of Matt. And I know how passionate of a Nats fan he is and how well he's covered the team. Um, the rest of you guys are just assholes. Uh, and so uh, for Matt, I, I would love to be wrong and to see the Nats win. If it couldn't be the Yankees, I'd be happy for it to be the Nationals. I just, uh, I have a, uh, I have a, a feeling that this tends to go more in the Astros' favor.
0: Well, you know what, Blake? That's okay because <laughs> I, as we're sitting here right now, I'm I'm trying to pull it up uh, on Bobata, but it's not cooperating. Um, I got I got I'm it gonna, up here. If you if you, will. I am I'm parlaying uh, the Nats winning the World Series and right. the Saints winning the
1: Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. The you, most sick you, parlay of all time. You've done it. I'm no longer interested. <laughs> you had me i was gonna imagine? i was Can gonna you give imagine? you the Nats, dude i was gonna give you the Nats because they're they're such a i just listen you've got you are a fan of two franchises the Nats have been very disappoint not disappointing but very unfortunate uh over the last yeah. decade or so no, it's and the been saints, disappointing there's the, been yeah. plenty of disappointment and and the saints the last two years the postseason, like if they finally both get over the hump that that is a, those are two very feel good stories I deserve this but I deserve those this. should be two separate fan bases not built into one Matt Wyrick <laughs> so I don't know how, how good I I'll have, feel about that
0: I have met in my life one other Saints Nats fan <laughs> uh, he exists um, Jesus. he went to LSU and became oh, a Saints okay. fan there but grew up in DC okay um, so uh, that's actually more legitimate uh, right claim yeah of the Saints <laughs> and I have to be honest yeah but, um you interesting. know interesting I think I think that you know I feel really good. Saints, you know, cruising right now, six yeah, and one. Are. We we might get Breeze back next yeah. week uh, against the Cardinals. Then we got the bye. Still haven't faced the Panthers yet, who are four and two right now in the nah. division. Uh, you know, there. But I, I don't I don't look at no. that as necessarily a legitimate threat. So I think New Orleans cruises to a, a bye, which is all Drew Brees will need. You know, that home field advantage throughout nah. the playoffs. Oh man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling really good about
1: it. Nah. I'm over it. You, you've made <laughs> well, you made me want to root elsewhere.
0: I'll figure out what the odds are for that parlay, yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll send it to you, and we we can talk about it on the next show.
1: Lovely, can't can't wait <laughs> after
0: the Nats. Let's see, that'll be Friday morning, so Nats will be two and zero. Oh, perfect, uh, eh? perfect. <laughs> Coming back to DC, yeah, yeah, just love to see it, <laughs> love to see it. All right, well, that's that's gonna do uh, do it for this show. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Matt Weirich, FBB. just uh, finished before the show, writing up a post for Federal Baseball, breaking down uh, the rotations, kind of like we did here in this episode. But if you'd like a, a bit more in-depth look, you can head on over to Federal Baseball. The story should be up by the time you are listening to the podcast. Uh, you can also check Blake out at Blake Andrew Pace, uh, where he writes for Troy Nunez, is an absolute magician uh, covering Syracuse sports, uh, as well as... Has, uh stampede blue where he writes about the colts you can also listen to his daily show quick hits talking about the nfl uh coming out every morning mm-hmm. uh, that is also uh on apple podcast but don't forget like and subscribe give us five stars apple podcast spotify google play store music whatever, <laughs> whatever you know. it is it's one of the, whatever it is Uh, all of the above Uh, hit us up, uh, feel free, follow us on Twitter. We're always chatting. So, um, that's going to do it for our show. Blake, any final words for the good people?
1: No. Yeah. Let's, let's get rolling. Like we said, coming back next week or next episode with some, uh, some, some more betting looks at for the NFL, uh, upcoming week. And then I I believe after that point, we're halfway through the season, which means another stock watch, uh, for next, uh, Wednesday's episode. So we'll be in there taking a look, assessing, uh, kind of where, where some teams are at on Wednesday. So, uh, much to be excited about. NBA season underway. World Series will we'll, uh, we'll, will, keep on rolling.
0: Let's do this thing. All right, everybody. For Blake Pace, I'm Matt Weirich. Thank you all so much for listening, and have a good one.